Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Push-Pull Podcast, Stories of Human Migration. I'm David Arnsbarger, AP World History teacher at James Clemens High School in Madison, Alabama. Today, our guest is Laurel Hunter, my favorite student, and she's going to tell us a story about her great, 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 one of the greats grandfather, uh, Andrew Anderson. So, Laurel, it's, uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. And kind of as an icebreaker, I always ask everybody this, uh, how long have you been in our school system and how long have you lived here in North Alabama? Um, I've lived in North Alabama for six years, but I've only been in the school system for five. Okay, very good. Um, all right, tell us about your uh, ancestor who came to America. Um, so my great-great-grandfather, Andrew Anderson, um, he immigrated to America in 1884 with his mom and three siblings about a year after uh, their dad immigrated over. Um, we're not really sure why they came, but between the years of 1860 and 1900, the mining wells in Sweden had dried up. Um, there was a lot of religious repression, crop failures, population growth, and political discourse that led to severe poverty. And due to this, hundreds of thousands of Swedes immigrated to the United States to start a new life. Okay. Um, t- l- let me back up and try to unpack some of this. So did uh, how old was, was he when he came over with his family? He was... About seven years old. About seven? Okay. Um, did did you say that his father came over first? His father came over a year before okay. him and his mom and three of his siblings came over. Okay. So um, at, at some point, at some point he got word or, uh, I guess, a letter, I would assume, back home to Sweden and, and told them to, to come on. Um, that That's a pretty normal thing in immigration. Uh 150 years ago, and in modern-day times with modern-day people coming to our country. Very, kind of a very normal thing. Um, tell me some more about um, the, kind of the context of the, you talked about the, the mining. Uh, and so those, those were kind of, those were kind of effects to push them out of Sweden. What else? Tell me some of the other ones again. Um, there was the mining wells had dried up. There was religious repression, crop failures, population growth, and political discourse. All right, so th- these are all pretty f- similar things that that push people out of an area, right? Uh, we've seen this uh, in other places in Europe. This is uh, the the concept of people from Sweden and I think Norway, Nordic Nordic countries coming to America. Um, yeah, that hits that that same time frame. Where did they? Where did the family locate once they got here to to the United States? Um, they came through Ellis Island, and through that they went to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, um, again, like that's kind of that, that's that's the context that people came from the from the Nordic countries, Norway and, and Sweden, and they came on to the Upper Midwest. Uh, wonder what made them want to come to the Upper Midwest. Um, I guess since they were like a bunch of farmers, and that's one of the main things that they did in Sweden. Um, they just went there because it was similar to the agriculture that they had in Sweden. Yeah, I mean that that would make a lot of sense. That would be that would be a good pull effect, right, to the area. Um, they could grow the same type of things, have the same types of animals, uh, about the same latitude. Um, that probably would make would make plenty of sense. Um, 
Yeah. So this is this is very this is all part of a very um, kind of very American uh, migration pattern. Uh, I would imagine they knew some other people who had come here too, because there was a, a large group uh, that were pulled to our country to this area in the Upper Midwest to uh, settle in. And look, it wasn't like there was nobody living there, but it was relatively sparsely populated, uh, wide open areas, and um, just good, good kind of uh, pull effects coming in there. Uh, what else that you could think of? What about his um, coming over with his family, brothers and sisters, um, names of the others, or anything? What do you know about uh, about any of that coming through Ellis Island and? Um. I don't really know many of their of his siblings' names, but I know one of his sisters' names was Dolly, and Hold I can't on remember just a second because we have announcements in the background. Sorry about that. We have an ongoing announcement situation trying to find numerous children to fill out some kind of form that's really, really important, and there's no way we can turn off the announcements. And when we come back from the announcements, all right, so, um, so Andrew, uh, Anderson, what did, is that the name that he came over from Sweden with, or was that changed at all through Ellis Island or what? Um, when he came over, his original name was Anders Julius Anderson, but when he got to America, uh, I guess his family or Ellis Island, I don't really know, but they changed it to Andrew Anderson. Yeah, and because his name in Sweden was Anders. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I, to me, Anders is um, not really a, not really a really well-known name, I guess. So I think coming, I think it was very typical for people coming to our country to sort of, uh, I think the term we use is anglicize their name, like make it more English sounding. So yeah, I would think Andrew definitely sounds more English than Anders. And people did this for a lot of reasons. Uh, part of it is, uh, it doesn't seem important to us in modern day times, but you know, when you're looking at a hundred and some years ago, people often gave them English sounding names to make other people who were here think that they had already been here and that they weren't an immigrant. Cause at different times in our past, uh, immigrants have been, uh, uh, looked at differently than I think we generally look at, uh, I think we're more accepting today. Uh, but then someone could also argue that, uh, point. As well, but yeah, changing your name to something that sounds more English uh, sounds, uh, you know, that sounds perfectly, perfectly normal. Uh, do you know anything about uh, how they got set up or how they got situated in Minnesota or uh, how long? How long was that family there? Did they anybody else move out from there? Or I'm not really sure. I know that his mom's brother had already been living in America, I think, for a few years, but. I'm not really sure where he was living or anything like that. Okay, so uh, again, this this follows along the same lines of things that we talk about, like chain migration, right? They knew, it seems like from this story, it, it, they knew somebody that was here, somebody in the States, somebody that was doing well. They came on over and helped them get set up. Um, and, you know, obviously this is a very American story right here. It's a very American migration story. And, um, you know, it's it, where, how did you find out about this story? Um, well, my grandmother talked about it a little bit, but my dad and mom a few years ago did a bunch of genealogy stuff. Okay. And so I guess my great grandmother would talk about it with her kids 
Um, and so we got more information from her brother since my great-grandmother's deceased. So I don't right. really get anything from her. Well, cool. Th- this is a great family story for you. Um, and is this a story that you can see passing on to, to your your children one day? Definitely. Yeah, that's good. Wonderful, great story. Well, thanks so much for being here uh, on, on the podcast. Uh, is there anything else you want to, is there anything else you forgot or you want to add before we leave? Not for sure. I don't think so. Okay. They, look, it's a wonderful story. Thanks so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for and having me. Yeah, very good. All right. That's it. Push-Pull Podcast, ladies and gentlemen.